0: Welcome back to the HR Happy Hour Show with Steve and Trish. Trish, are you familiar with the singer who goes by the name of Pink? I am. Good. So here's my question to you, Trish. <laughs> okay. If you could change your name to be the name of any color, what would it be?
1: Oh my goodness. That is a tough question. I, <laughs> the first thing that popped in my head was Burgundy. So I guess I'm going to be burgundy. I don't know. I don't know. Isn't that awful? I don't know.
0: It's got a good ring to it. Burgundy. What about you? What about you? I I think I pick plaid. Is that a color? (laughs) That's not a color. That's a pattern. (laughs) That's right. What color? Pick a a color. color. Green, probably. I pick a good shade of green. I don't know which one. Green. I like green. Chartreuse. Maybe. Oh, that's nice. I like that. You
1: could be chartreuse and I'll be burgundy. Chartreuse. Well, when we bring our guest on, we're going to have to find out what color she would choose for her name.
0: I know. I hope she's thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> our guest. Let's bring her on right now. We're here to talk about with our friend Emily Hu from Oracle. And we're here to talk about uh, some of the findings from Oracle's uh, third annual AI at Work study, which this year, and and really rightly so, and aptly focused a ton on mental health. Uh, Emily is the SVP of Human Capital Management Marketing at Oracle Corporation. She has over 20 years experience in enterprise software. Emily is known for highly differentiated messaging and innovative takes at traditional marketing. She's a recognized thought leader on digital transformation and the future of work with Insight's featured in The Economist, Fortune, The Financial Times, Forbes, Fast Company, and more. Emily, welcome back to the HR Happy Hour show. How are you today?
2: I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. It's so great to see both of you.
0: It is. It's nice to see you. Do you want to weigh in on the color question, Emily, that, that came out of nowhere?
2: Uh, yeah i have to say um for my whole life, I've liked the color orange, so I have to go with orange That's a good I don't one. know why orange just makes me happy it, it's especially a happy
1: color.
2: during the pandemic um it's um it, it's just a happy color, and it was I have an interesting story when my husband and I met he um all he could tell me was like the feud he had with his sister when they were growing up and blah blah blah, and he's like, i am so different from my sister and then when, we, when I finally met the sister, um, I asked her about her favorite color and she said orange. <laughs> <laughs> and oh smiled. goodness she's like you're never gonna get away from me <laughs>
0: nice nice I think that's, that's a great, great choice you guys both had better choices than I did and I and I knew the question in advance so I feel embarrassed by that but uh <laughs> good stuff well Emily welcome back it's good to see you it's uh recording this in very early February 2021 we all know 2020 you know was such a difficult year all across the world, all across every organizations. And uh, you guys published the, the third annual AI at Work Study with a focus on mental health, latter part of 2020. I'd, I'd love for you to share with our audience, maybe just some of the kind of big picture findings or the standout findings from the study. And then, then we'd like to dive into some of the nuances of the data in a little bit more detail in this conversation.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, we've been doing this uh, AI at study for um, three years. This is the third edition of, of the study. And the reason we, we do the study is as a technology provider, we want to assess people's attitude toward technology and what they think is the best way to leverage, whether it's uh, uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, or other type of technology in the workplace. And last year, interestingly, we picked the topic of mental health before the pandemic even started. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Uh, then it just became the leading issue. So we're very fortunate to make that the topic of the the study, but um, we went out and surveyed more than 12,000 employees, managers, HR leaders, as well as C-suite across the 11 countries. So this is a study that's truly global and the key findings are pretty fascinating. Um, so not surprisingly, 70% of the people we surveyed said year 2020 has the most has been the most stressful year ever in their professional life. And 84% of the workers said they face challenges with working remotely uh, because there's no distinction between personal and professional life, and they're also dealing with increased mental health challenges like stress, anxiety, and loneliness. Um 85% of the people said they uh, are experiencing mental health issues, and that's resulting in sleep deprivation, poor physical health, um, reduced happiness at home, um, even suffering family relationships, and they feel really isolated from their friends and family. The, um, the, underneath this umbrella, there are some nuances. So not everybody is experiencing mental health issues in the same way. What we find at the highest level, um, the C-suites are seeing bigger challenges working remotely and they're feeling even more stress and anxiety than average employees. And interestingly, Gen Z and millennials are reporting more mental health challenges than baby boomers. Um, The other thing that we find really interesting is employees want help and they're turning to technology for help. So the most striking piece of data from the survey was 68% of the people said they would rather talk to technology or robot over their manager about their mental health issues at work, um, which is super, super interesting. Um, The other thing we found is employees really want their organizations to provide better support and help for mental health. I think employees have been asking for that for a long time, but mental health historically has been sort of a taboo. Um, But this time, employees are not shy about saying, no, as an organization, you have a role to play in providing mental health services. And not only do they want better benefits around mental health, they also want their organization to provide technology to help them.
1: I think there are so many interesting things you just shared there. If, if nothing else, if people just replay that and and sort of give each of those some, some real consideration. Um, the one that really stood out for me uh, was when you talk about the 85% said they're experiencing mental health issues. Now, I don't, I can't even think of a time where that many people would actually admit to it. And you, you threw in there the little bit about being taboo. Are you finding that, um, especially with so many leaders also facing the same anxiety, some of the same um, just uncertainty around their own health or family or whatnot. Um, Have you talked to any customers or found out what they might be doing to help people sort of deal with that? Because it seems like such a high number. And if the leaders themselves are experiencing it, my question is, are they even able to help? It, you, you threw in the part about the robots, right? Feeling more comfortable talking maybe to a robot or an app or something. I wonder if that's why. Is it because the leaders might not even be capable of of dealing with some of these issues if they're struggling as well?
2: Yeah, there are so many things to unpack here. I think that, um, the, the one thing that's great about the pandemic is overnight, a lot of employees are working from home. And when right. you're in Zoom meetings, you hear the dog barking, you see babies sitting on their parents' lap. So it's really hard to pretend that work and life are not uh, converging. (laughs) So for the first time, work and life have truly integrated and there's this sense of humanity that bring us all together. So in many ways, the pandemic has made it more okay Uh, for people to talk about their families, talk about what's going on in their personal lives. And many leaders, if you have natural empathy, you would pivot to this new way of managing meetings or managing your team. Um, When we talk to companies, they're training their leaders to um, have a different tone when they manage meetings. For example, always start your meeting by asking how people are doing personally and share some stories about what they do did on a weekend because that's the only opportunity for them to connect with their colleagues and also lead with empathy, lead with resiliency, and really help their employees go through the transition. Um, but I think going back to your question about uh, this being a taboo it's still a taboo in many ways, but it's less of a taboo compared to before the pandemic, and people are more open about you know sharing the challenges they're having with supporting their kids. Uh, who are schooling from home, supporting their parents who might be impacted by the pandemic, and just dealing with uh, isolation. And companies are um, coming up with innovative ways to deal with mental health issues. Mental health is sort of a new territory. Although um, it's always been a workplace issue, people just don't talk about it openly. But now that people are asking for help openly, companies are Taking quick steps to address that. So when we talk to customers, what we heard from them is the first thing when the pandemic uh, started was they put together, they put in place the additional listening tools. So they're doing a lot of surveys, a lot of open town halls. They have employees ask questions openly. They're um accelerating the pace of communication so they have weekly town halls sometimes even daily meetings so the leadership really understands what's happening with the employees their requirements as well they're giving them more frequent updates on what's going on in the company um, the other thing is uh, we we hear from customers is they find themselves having to raise awareness of the employee assistant program because Every company has an Employee Assistance Program, which typically includes online counseling, but Mm -hmm. very few employees are aware of that. So that's almost the first line of defense to let people know they have the Employee Assistance Program. um, And uh, this is where you can use technology, for example, digital assistant. If you train the digital assistant to give employees the resources they need, they will have a better time. The other thing we heard a lot from customers is they're rethinking their benefits. So before the pandemic in Silicon Valley, I I live in San Francisco. So in Silicon Valley, the cool benefits are like uh, yoga classes in the office and ping pong tables. Well, that's not, that's all out of the window. That's irrelevant. So now companies are really asking themselves, how can we design benefits to be truly helpful to employees instead of being cool? Right. Um, So we've heard companies providing free childcare uh, to their employees, free tutoring sessions for their employees' children. Some of them are providing um, financial uh, help when their employees are outfitting their home office. And uh, other companies, if they used to provide in-office lunch they're now um, giving coupons to their employees and allowing their employees to reimburse lunch. Sometimes they send a packet of grocery to their employees on a weekly basis to show that connection between the, the company and the employees. Um, the other thing we heard a lot about from all kinds of companies is the encourage encouraged care. Um, so employees, when you're working from home, you don't know how to draw the line between work and life. You just roll out of bed, sit in your zoom meeting before you know it you'll be in front of your zoom meeting for 12 hours so now uh, companies are saying we need to proactively like verbalize this to the the employees you need to take a break and many companies have instituted for example longer weekends throughout the whole company so the whole company shuts down nobody is sending emails and this is the only way for employees to take care of uh, themselves Uh, other companies are Um, You know, providing their employee access to meditation apps, where they're offering online fitness classes, so they have an opportunity to really take care of themselves and rejuvenate. Um, There are so many other things companies are doing, but those are some of the examples um, I heard. I would love to hear what you have heard from um, the companies you talk to.
0: Yeah, Emily. Thank you so much for that. That's uh, I've heard many of those same things, and uh, one of the things I heard very, very recently, is, as recently as today, as a matter of fact, was um, I was talking to uh, a startup company that's focusing on mental health in the workplace with some apps and things like that. And they, they brought up a, something to me which I had not thought about before, but it touches on something Emily you talked about which is trying to address some of these challenges and these issues before they become more serious problems right because we've met, there's lots of stats about how many employees uh, are having you know fairly significant mental health challenges and issues it could be twenty five percent it might be thirty percent it's in that ballpark range different data suggests different things but the one of the things uh, I was talking about with these folks today was if you wait until you you an employee is in one of that in that 25% pool of having a serious issue or really an issue that requires remediation quickly and maybe even urgently, it's it's so complex to try to help that employee. It's very, very costly as well. And that organizations really need to start thinking about, as you said, Emily. Taking preventative measures and helping their employees take preventative preventative measures before any of these problems escalate to the point where this employee is in need of serious care, like, or maybe is clinically depressed as diagnosed as such or otherwise, right? And so having tools, especially technologies. It was interesting, Emily, that the survey revealed that people are more comfortable using technologies to kind of help them navigate through many of these issues than talking to their management. I get that a lot, but that also makes it really uh, an opportunity for employers to make these kinds of tools available to all their employees, regardless if they have a problem or not, or reported a problem and say, hey, let's start taking proactive and preventative steps to make sure you're staying well and you're your your work life balance is is kind of balanced, and you're not getting too stressed, and you're not because once you escalate to the point where you're in that twenty five percent bucket, then uh, you know then it, it can be much more difficult to to manage and much more costly to treat.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And um, the I think Trish asked the question: Is HR set up to address the mental health concerns? Mm-hmm. Um, the answer is. No, because they they in the meantime uh, during the pandemic they also have to support the business in executing all the business changes. They may need to furlough employees. They may need to pivot to a new business model if you're on online retail. And focus on recruiting. So um, this is why technology is a great way to scale the kind of help you can provide to employees. Um, Technology is judgment-free, provide a judgment-free zone, and it's available 24 by 7. So if you can make the resources available to employees through technology, either in the form of a digital assistant or through some kind of online help, then employees can self-navigate to the resource they need to get the kind of support and services they need.
1: Yeah, can I also add another benefit of doing it that way? Emily is actually for the HR team. So when you're coming up, you know, and spending a career as an HR professional, as you get promoted, as you're in in the industry longer, you, know, you start taking on more and more complex employee relations issues. You start having more and more people um, throughout the company coming to you with their, this is even pre-pandemic, right? With their problems, with their sometimes mental health problems. Um, they might not have labeled them that way, but they were often the case. And what happens is if you have a team of HR professionals who are trying to shoulder that load on their own without technology to support it, um, even in EAP that's pretty much when i was doing hr that's what we had we had to point people to it and there was still a lot of stigma around that which isn't isn't there now but i think over time over me doing that for almost 20 years that was one of the main reasons i got out of hr because it really wears you down as a person you know mm-hmm. when you do have empathy and you are trying to help people solve really complex problems, or maybe they've lost a loved one or a child, or, you know, I even, I recall one guy, he had lost his job and that same day his dog actually died for real. Like, it was like things like this, where, you know, you're, we we didn't have resources. So I think one of the benefits to your point is just that if you have technology there, it also gives your HR team a little bit of a break from shouldering all that load themselves and internalizing Mm -hmm. it themselves. I've lost many, many nights of sleep and I still think about some of the employees that were um, very, very much struggling over the years, so.
2: Yeah, and you just brought up such an important point Um, for HR professionals, at least HR professionals are trained to deal with Mm -hmm. these stressful situations. Managers um, are not even trained to deal with mental health issues, many of them have their own mental health issues, and oftentimes our human instinct is not the right uh, one in dealing with mental health. So if someone comes to you and says, "Steve and Trish, I'm really depressed. I, I have these negative emotions." Our instinct is, is to say, just like um, put that under your you know rug and and uh, cheer cheer up. Uh, don't be depressed. That's <laughs>
1: yeah take That's the day awesome. off then <laughs> just relax and you'll be fine tomorrow right that happens all the time that happens yeah. all the time
2: exactly yeah. you need to and, kind and of direct them to professionals and it's so yes. and
0: i i know i think it's getting better i agree with both of you and you said the stigma around talking about mental health or even in the workplace is getting better but i still think it's there like i still i'm not sure it's like for example emily in your example like if if an employee came to you and said uh, if you're what you know emily um I think I might have a heart condition. I may have to go have surgery. You wouldn't say to that employee, "Oh, just get over okay. it, get better." Yeah. Tell, t- tell your heart feel to better. feel better. <laughs> you know. And I, and I do agree with you emily i think that that this idea around this cuz it's not seen right and th- these are bigger picture issues right around mental health mm-hmm. that have been around for a long time it's it's not necessarily visible to the naked eye it's it's very very hard to discover sometimes people don't Trish recently we did a a, a, a mental health show we were talking with some folks at metlife about their their big annual survey that they do. And one of the things that they found was people will answer the question, are you depressed? And they'll say no. But then if mm-hmm. you if you dive deeper into some of the the, the signals or the symptoms or the, the indicators of depression, they might answer yes to all of those and then mm-hmm. still say, oh, no, I'm not really depressed. So sometimes people don't even realize it or don't want to admit it themselves as well. And that's, I think, another maybe could be an effective application of technology as well as to help people really discover what they're truly feeling uh because it, there's there's no judgment right when you're dealing with mm-hmm. a chat bot or a digital assistant or a, a piece of technology that you know inherently you're not being judged you're not being evaluated you're not being you know somehow seen as, as as lesser employee right if you're feeling these feelings right and you can be more of a open up a little bit more to that
2: yeah exactly i i think you're totally right the um, education around mental health we have a long way to go and this needs to start from your uh, school. And uh, both schools and corporations and society, we all need to work together to recognize mental health as serious as physical health and is as important as physical health. So when you design benefits, you really have to take mental health into consideration. But because of the lack of knowledge um, around mental health and how to address that, this is why inserting technology um, as part of the solution is a great way to scale some of the best practices you can get technology to ask the right questions or at least direct employees to the right resources. Now in HR tech, we have the ability to design a mental health journey to give employees the kind of guidance they need, whether it's simple things like taking um, uh, breaks for physical activity uh, or you know, practice uh, meditation, some of the just mental health best practices is something technology can still scale very quickly.
1: The other thing I wanted to point out too, just in learning about, um, you know, Oracle's mental health journey, is that I feel like using the technology that you all have created, it really brings each person a very individualized experience. It sort of meets them where they are. And I think that's one of the areas in human resources that we have not met people where they are. We've always talked about technology to meet a candidate where they are, right? And communicate with them in a way that's going to work for them. And, you know, and we think about maybe performance reviews the same way, right? Getting people to to be able to give feedback in a way that, that works for them, but we haven't really had many people tackle it from a mental health standpoint. So that was what I found most intriguing about the entire mental health journey that you all are, are helping your clients on because I feel like it meets each individual where they are and gives them resources that, you know, the resources Steve might want and need are completely different from what I might want and need, but yet it's all packaged in that journey.
2: Yeah, it's so interesting that you say that, because I think in many ways the pandemic has served as call for arms for the tech community to mm-hmm. rethink how we design technology. Yeah. Um, I remember last year, one of the most popular movies was Social Dilemma, and it really portrayed the negative impact technology has on our um, young people, but, but just everybody in society, and it's almost inescapable. And if you really look into why that's happening is because the design principles that are guiding the way we design technology did not take mental health into consideration. We right. did not understand the consequence, but now that we know, and we are all collectively experiencing mental health all at once, um, I'm hoping this will serve as a new purpose and a new uh, like North Star for us to ask ourselves how can we design technology to promote mental health rather than harming mental health? Um, I think uh, the tech community is smart enough. If we have the right goal in mind, we will achieve that goal. And the technology is already in place. It's really just about designing technology with a different mindset.
0: It's interesting to think about it that way too, because... um depending on what side of the fence you sit on, like some of the newer technologies, whether they're social networks in particular, right, have been called out over the last decade plus of being not always necessarily, uh, uh, or maybe occasionally deleterious to mental health. I think maybe, it's hard to know correlation, right? We know, but some of the data from the studies, uh, Mamalee showed that some of the younger generations at work are even more impacted by mental health and stress. And you know, it could be just because they're younger and they haven't had as many life experiences as mm-hmm. maybe some of the older workers and, and maybe have de- maybe the older workers have developed more coping strategies, who knows. But like, I mm-hmm. wonder if there's a, a line between sort of the, the growth of many of these technologies and, and maybe, maybe not always the tech community being looking out for people's mental health necessarily. And the younger cohort of workers, the Gen Z and millennial workers showing increased um, levels of stress you know, anxiety and difficulty in the workplace. I wonder, it's probably worth examining maybe in more detail.
2: Yeah, and I, I the, the younger gender, based on our survey, um, the millennials and Gen Z, they're definitely being impacted more. Um, One, I think mostly because of social isolation. I, I look at my children who are schooling from home, I, my heart really bleeds for them because this is the <sighs> age where they need the most social connection and they're not getting that. The same thing applies to Gen Z and millennial. But I also um, think we can take some inspiration from uh, Gen Z and millennial because they grew up with technology and they also grew up with all the um, social awareness and social consciousness. And they're using technologies in creative ways to promote mental well-being. So many of them, um, they rely on nudges from their fitness apps to get healthier. They rely on nudges to, get the right nutrition (laughs) into their diet, Um, And those are things we can implement. And when they ask for technology for help, I think what they're saying is, I want the same experience when I come to the office, when I use my HR applications or finance applications, I want the same experience. So from designing the employee journey perspective, we are thinking about things like, how can we give nudges to to the employees in the HR system to remind them they need to focus on uh, physical activity or taking a mental break? How can we design a journey Um, that promotes mental mental health. So when employees join the company, uh, we all have onboarding journeys and we have performance management journeys. Why don't we have a mental health journey and put that on the, the top of the agenda and say company like we really care about you. And these are the steps you need to take to ensure your mental health. Even for digital assistant, we can train the digital assistant to prioritize mental health and give employees the resources they need. Um, The technology is there. We just need to prioritize mental health so we can design our technology
1: around the priority. Well, I think that um, some of your survey data might even support this. But I would say that this would be the first time, I think, where we're seeing the C-suite or other leaders, again, struggling with some of these same issues, having these same concerns and the same anxiety. because unless they make the change internally, right? Like you said, you can have all the technology that that makes it possible, but unless mental health is prioritized in the organization at the highest levels, um, you don't see that flowing through. And, and by prioritizing, I'd also say people being rewarded for doing it in some way, shape or form. Um, I always struggled in HR when we would want someone to, or a group of people to do something, but yet we wouldn't actually measure them and reward them on on doing that new activity. So again, this was, you know, 20 years ago when it was maybe diversity and inclusion efforts or things like that. So maybe this is the time though, since it's actually impacting leaders as well, that they will think, oh, we, we actually do need to prioritize this. At least that's, that's the silver lining. I hope that comes from the pandemic at work. So I don't know, are you talking to any companies where they're kind of really shifting maybe, you don't have to name names, but <laughs> no, no, but you know yeah. what I mean? Maybe more of a really conservative, like n- not very culturally aware type organization that's having to make some major shifts.
2: Um, I I think this is a turning point for the C-suite, the pandemic, um, it's, it's a very humanizing experience. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone is sort of brought down to their knees and we're all dealing with the same type of human challenges, so for, C-suite based on our survey, it's truly lonely at the top. Um, They are reporting much more mental health issues compared to average employees because not only do they have to deal with employee concerns, they also have to deal with the impact on their business. I can only imagine how uh, lonely that feels. And um, the other thing is all of a sudden they're supposed to provide answers to Mm -hmm. something that they don't have answers for. I know that's always the case for CEOs and the C-suite, but during the pandemic, that's truly, nobody knows what's gonna happen. Right. And when we talk to our customers, what we find is for the first time, the they were forced to communicate without any clear answers. They were communicating just, be, just for the sake of communicating. And that actually brought their employees together. And it gave their employees this sense of uh, empathy, humanity, transparency, and many leaders are realizing that actually is important. I don't have to have all the answers. If I just keep communicating and bring people along the journey, and in some cases show emotions, one of our customers, Myriad, um, they had to make really tough decisions on their um, workforce because the hospitality industry has been decimated during the pandemic. And the CEO, um, Arnie, when he made the announcement, I, I hope, If you haven't seen the video, go back and see the video, but he had tears in his eyes when he communicated to the employees and that meant so much to the employees to show that vulnerability, to show that empathy. So I hope for the C-suite, the pandemic will give them a few lessons. One is the importance of authentic, transparent, uh, empathetic leadership um and the second thing is it's okay for them to take care of themselves it's okay for them not to have all the answers and they need to focus on self care as as much as anyone else
0: i mean i think that's a great message for the c suite i think it's a great message for every you know everyone throughout the organization particularly anyone who's feeling like boy, I I can't believe we're into the second year of this. And like, when is it going to end? Which a lot of people are kind of, you know, sharing both, you know, with their their colleagues also personally, privately as well. Like we're all hoping things are going to start turning for the better, right? Around the world in the coming months, but it's still very, very slow. And mm-hmm. a lot of the pain and a lot of the challenges that people have had to endure, the loss, quite frankly, right, in your lives, so many people have been impacted in, in that way, that doesn't, that won't just go away just because you got a vaccine or, or you know, or you're able to go down the corner and, and grab a burger at your favorite restaurant easily, right, that the, the, there's going to be lasting impacts for this. And the other thing meant, I just want to touch on real quick, Emily, before we, we wrap up is, you mentioned that you decided uh, with the study to focus on mental health before the pandemic right? Which indicates to me that you were thinking about like really important issues in the workplace of which this was one, right? Mental health in the workplace was a very important issue before any of this started, right? So Mm -hmm. the idea that once this is over, mental health won't be an issue anymore. is crazy. It'll it'll be a worse issue, but it was always there to begin with. Like, I've been talking about it for a while myself, but I'm I'm glad you guys were thinking ahead in a way too.
2: Yeah, exactly. the, The the reason we thought about mental health was as we kind of dive deeper into the technology, impact of technology in the workplace and how people are relating to technology, what we're noticing is not only is it changing the relationship between technology and human, but it's also changing the relationship between humans and humans. (laughs) Because as technology automates more things, uh, it's asking humans to take on different tasks and relate to each other um, in a different way. So that's what led us to the topic of, of uh, mental health. Like, what are some of the deeply human issues that we need to tackle, uh, of which technology can be part? So, We just came upon a mental health issue, and I'm I'm so glad we started on that journey, and now it's turning into a big topic and big conversation.
0: Yeah, I I am as well. So I'm glad we're talking about it. We're going to be talking about this, Trish, all year long for sure. And I'm glad, and and I hope that through stuff, uh, some of the great work that Oracle's doing, both in their research as well as in their technologies, you know, and others as well, that we can we can you know shed more light on. Um, how employers can can help their employees, how how people, HR people can help themselves, support their leaders, support themselves, support their families. There's uh, it's a great challenge, but there's also great opportunity, and, and supported by great technology. I think it's, it's possible to to move the needle on this.
1: I agree, and just to reiterate Emily's point on self care, that's for all of us, regardless of what generation we're in, what level we're in in an organization, or if you see someone in your family that you think is struggling. You know, I think it's it's now acceptable to sort of bring that to the, to the forefront and offer assistance where you can. Emily, great
0: stuff. Uh, we could go on for a while on this. We're going to be doing more around mental health and workplace. We're going to dive into on a, on, on an upcoming podcast a little bit more around some of the cha- differences around the world that we found, mm-hmm. right? Impacts of, of of pandemic and mental health in the workplace. We're going to dig into some of that on a global nature, and that's going to be really mm-hmm. interesting to dig into that. But uh, also, we'll put in links in the show notes to the, to the study and to the research reports. It's all out there on the Oracle HCM site. It's a great set of... Plus, there's tons of other great resources out there as well, but uh, we'll link to all that as well. So Emily, thanks so much to see you. Great to see you. It's been a little while. Uh, I'm glad you're doing well. And it's uh, been a great conversation today.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So nice to see you, your happy faces and see you uh, <laughs> healthy and safe, uh, which is the most important thing.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. absolutely. All right. So Trish, great stuff. Uh, always loved catching up with Emily. She's one of our favorites. Uh, rapidly rising on the charts of HR happy hour guests, almost ready to, to earn her coveted five appearances. Uh, I stay. know. And her oh prize. my god i need
2: to work harder yeah
0: there is a prize emily for there is a prize at number five so you'll get there yeah. uh, awesome so uh, okay absolutely we'll get all the links you need in the show notes so I highly encourage everybody to check out the research and the reports and a lot of the infographics and the data sheets that are out there so uh good stuff from our friends at oracle uh trish thanks good to see you um good to see you that's all right so uh for trish mcfarlane good our to guests. see you green <laughs> burgundy and orange we've got all the colors represented but can uh,
1: i say one one last little tidbit um i actually my i believe on my father's side my great 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 grandfather's name was green there you go it's a real name so
0: <laughs> all right i feel like we're, we're, we're players in the game of clue now right yeah, right. <laughs> all right uh for uh churchman Farland, for our guest emily ho my name is steve Bose. thank you so much for listening to the hr happy hour show Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We will see you next time and bye for now.